There he is. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Did it take you a while? Oh, I just ran in the store to grab a drink as I was. I'm like, oh, I got 15 minutes. So I like rushed to the store <laughs> and then got oh. caught in the longest line ever. Where, what store are you at? Target. Ooh. Yeah, I think I just gave my, uh, my opinion about Target. What is that? Why? Remember, I was saying how like they don't oh, yeah. they don't have as much as they used to. Yeah, especially at the new one that they like. Well, they renovated that one. It seems like they got rid of a lot of things. But yeah, I just taking a couple sips of this and then I'll be good to go. But I hate I their meat selection now. It sucks ass. They're prepackaged or like you cook it. Just any like. Meat you would cook like before they used to have okay selection. Now it's so bad. It's like four things that are all overpriced. <laughs> yeah, it's from like that same lady too. It's like that one brand. <laughs> yep, uh, like they only carry that one. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's fine. Right, Did you just record cool. that other one you posted? Yeah, I recorded two of them. Um, they have it closing was- out the night with me, or what? Yeah, yeah, I'm closing out the night with you. So uh, I, I was, <laughs> I was, um, dr- I was driving to Lowe's and I was stuck in traffic um, because we need more supplies to finish our renovations. And I was like, well, I guess I'm stuck in traffic for a few hours because I left at like um, five, maybe no, before that, like four something, and I just got back. So yeah, awesome. But uh, but now I'm where, here, so it's all good. Where is this Lowe's? I don't even know where one is. It's on Causeway, so it's like I had to go up like two exits on 75, but uh, traffic was so bad it sent me like the back road, and then I got stuck in more traffic. So, um, yeah, because like we have a Lowe's like in Gibsonton, but the stuff I needed was out of stock, and so the next closest one was over there on Causeway. So it's like Brandon area. Got it. Yeah. Well, I'm good to go whenever you are. So, um, this is my podcast. So, uh, I, this is live, man. There's no editing. There's nothing. This is good to go. So we will go ahead and start, um, that. So, um, today on this episode, we have a special guest and, uh, he has his own podcast, Savage or Average and TJ is his name. And he's a coach and prep coach too. And um, we're just going to kind of dive into his mind, get to know him a little bit. Uh, uh, he became one of my friends um, shopping over at Vitamin Shop. And now we've, we do have a friendship. We have, um, we agree on a lot of, uh, on a lot of things and health and fitness in general. And we would disagree on some things probably, I don't know. Um, but uh, that's the beauty of it. So, uh, today, we are going to talk about uh, five ways to self-improve, and we're talking about self-improvement for the long term and not just the short term, and, um, and I'm posing that question to TJ because I want to know how he implements it in his life because he has a very interesting life, um, some life experiences. Uh, he, he's wise beyond his age, and also he has some clients that are doing really well and uh, fitness comp- competitions, and um, there's going to be, I, I see a change in them uh, according to 
like some of his posts that he does about them. And so I want to get into his brain and figure out how they are implementing these, um, these self-improvements. So TJ, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So I'm basically, I've been full-time coaching for a couple years now, coaching well before it was my full-time gig. I used to be at a vitamin shop as you are currently. I was there for like four, four and a half years and then moved states twice and in the moving states for different sales jobs and things I was doing. I ended up just, I built up a client base big enough where it supported me putting all my energy into it. I started out obese, like grew up around drugs, homelessness, moved out when I was 14 to get away from that kind of environment. I was still obese until like probably 15, 16, where I really started trying to improve my health. And then did my first show 2014, been competing ever since. Um, Yeah. Now we're just, we're here. I got, like you said, my podcast, I coach full-time formulating some supplements and trying to, trying to get things going in the right direction, but we'll see. So uh, you're, um, when you started gaining clients, do you still have like that contact or like that friendship with your very, very first client? And, and was that like a very special client? So I have a really blurred line of my first client because I was helping a lot of people. Like I helped a lot of people that had other coaches that just sucked and was like literally harming their health. So like, I don't know if I count them as my first client. Cause like I pretty much after they basically talked to their coach four or five, six times and they weren't addressing these health issues that they were having, I basically took over in those scenarios. So I don't know if we're counting that as my first client or the first client that like where there was money exchange, but either way, I know the people I helped in the beginning, like they used to be coworkers. So that was a relationship we had coworker. They were prepping with somebody else. I ended up just helping them more and more as it progressed. And then um, my first official client that got on stage yeah, we still communicate. He was down in Florida, actually, for a photo shoot not too long ago. But we missed linking up for training because I'm not from Florida. I'm from up north. But, yeah, so that's not a clear answer. But in both contexts, yeah, they are both uh, people I still communicate with to this day. And have you seen, like, how their life has changed? Like, still, like, they're still implementing some of the things that you taught them? Uh, I don't think so as much because I wasn't as big on the helping them change like the psychological habits at that point. It was just like X's and O's, like macro stuff in the beginning. So mm-hmm. they kind of, I'm sure they still implement some of the basic stuff. Like even back then, I was liking to do like peri workout nutrition. So having my carbs just around my training kind of uh, fats, proteins outside of that. So maybe little things like that, but I think it became later the year after I was a few years in, I started making bigger impacts on people outside of just like the macros and training aspect. So what kind of, like what prompted you or, or made that mindset um, to stop looking at clients as just people versus 
uh, or like uh, like supplicant on clients is like like just X's and O's, and then seeing that um, and started looking at them as like um, like individuals with purpose and soul. Uh, mainly that started when I realized people go through a lot of shit like I did, and they're making a lot of excuses why they weren't following the plan. So <laughs> I started diving into like more specific like their personal situations, trying to help them outside of just the training. If they're like stressed with relationship or stressed with uh, work or stressed with finances, like all these things became obstacles that they would use as reasons why they weren't following the plan as they should. So like my view of each individual person grew more just in a way to try to get better adherence to the plans. So that kind of leads us into the topic of today. Um, So those things that you, you see that people need in their life, um, you know, it it comes from your past experiences. You, you develop like that empathy towards others and you find out things that have helped you overcome certain trials or tribulations in your life. And you wanted to share that with others. So, yeah, the topic in hand, I mean, you built success for yourself. Um, and I know your brother has too, and I'm going to have him on the podcast tomorrow. And, um, and it's very interesting because people who have done that, um, like your brother's um, Sega books, of, like Sega books are uh, underdogs. And yeah, um, underdog books. You, yeah, y'all, y'all have a very different perspective on life and a different way to implement self-improvement techniques or habits. Um, so we have, so the reason why I use like top five is because number five seems to be very catchy <laughs> with marketing and uh, people always want to know like, what's the top five, top three. Um, so if you have to put it down to, to five, five ways or five techniques or habits that you used or still use today that have made you who you are. Yeah. So you sent me over this question not too long before we just set a time to record this podcast and it was pretty easy for me. So there's a few key ones that I focus on. One is goal, like goal setting. So for daily goals, weekly goals and monthly goals. And I write, like I write down my daily targets every single morning. So I have my notebook. It literally most of the time is in my car with me at all times. Like on clients' check-in days, I write down all the names of every client that got their check-ins in. And that day, I make sure to knock out every single one with the check mark before it's done. So uh, clear goals and like uh, daily accountability to those goals is one thing that I'm big on. Uh, setting specific time like in my calendar for just self-improvement, just like whether there's new medical journals that I want to read, whether there's a new book, whatever the case, podcasts, like I generally have a set time every single day where I'm going to do something, take in some kind of information that is going to help me get better at what I do. And then uh, a big thing I'm investing in courses, investing in coaches, uh, basically, again, just acquiring just the whole principle of self-improvement, inquiring things that will make me better at what I'm doing. 
and then uh, take care of health. So sleep is something I prioritize a ton. Uh, there's too many studies showing sleep deprivation, health issues, memory issues, productivity issues. So I, I prioritize sleep. And then just who you surround yourself with. I mean, it's super generic, but uh, one way to improve yourself is get around people that are doing better than you. Like just being in those circles, being around those people, being around how they think is going to force you to level up, whether you consciously know it or not. So the first, so I guess your first way, your first uh, technique that you use is setting goals. Second self-improvement is sleep. Uh, second is set time aside for learning. Oh, set time. Yep. Third okay. is to invest in coaching or courses or uh, more like paid programs, uh, mentors, okay. all that kind of fun stuff. Sleep is number four. And then the surround yourself with uh, basically driven, motivated people. Yeah, I would, I would totally agree with that. Um, I didn't even think about sleep as far as self-improvement. Um, but I'll, I'll go back to that. So whenever you, um, your, your, your step of investing in yourself, um, there are investments that are, um, that are free, have no monetary, um, um, commitment with someone, but then there also are some that you have to pay for, like you're saying, paying for certain programs, um, or traveling to shows to, to, you know, try to find clients given your background and how you've had to like save your money. Was it hard at the beginning to, to like spend money to see it as like a liability, like a, like a, like an investment, like a, something that you need to leverage. Was it hard to do that at first? Well, early on, there was no doing that. It was like living off of tuna packets and stuff, but uh, yeah, for me, for whatever reason, as soon as the budget, like, soon as the money was, like, physically in the account to do it, it was something that was inherently pretty easy for me to do. Because by that time, I've already been trying to read a lot. I've already been trying. I've spent years, like, working on trying to get better. And now that that funds was there, I was already looking at things. I'm like, dang, I wish I could do that. I wish I could do this. All that stuff. And then once it physically was there, it was easier for me to do it than I think it will be for a lot of people. So what was the, um, what was the first book that you read that, uh, that impacted your life? Uh, this, people, if they listen to me at all, I talk about it all the time. It's The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. That book single-handedly changed my life. And I still recommend it to, the, to this day. Every probably four to six weeks I review it in my clients group because there's new clients to cycle in and it's pretty much mandatory reading for almost all of my new clients. Yeah. I haven't heard of that one. My favorite oh, book. Is that pretty old? Is that pretty old? Been out for a while? It's been out for a while, but I don't like, it's not as old as like thinking grow rich or some of the classics, but right. Yeah, it's been out for a while. Good book. Yeah, I don't think people, yeah, I don't think people spend enough time reading books. Um, yeah, I think more people. I think audiobooks are good um, whenever you are crunched for time or like you're stuck in traffic because um, you commute. Maybe I think 
podcasts and audiobooks are a way better option than music. Um, I think um, that's a definitely a, a time that you can self-improve if you're not, again, listening to music or on conference calls or something while you're driving. Um, I hardly and, listen to uh, music. Like, it's always yeah, podcast I, or audible. Yeah, even in the gym, um, the only time I listen to music is, like, I need some something to, like, amp me up for heavy lifts. But if I'm doing, like, kind of bodybuilder style lifting, like high repetition or whatever, like I don't need music. I usually listen to podcasts. So like uh, that Think Big Bodybuilding or Fuad's podcast, Dude, usually what I'm listening to. Dusty or Fuad can get me hyped for workouts. Like some of the, <laughs> I've had some of my best workouts when they're talking about just like bodybuilding stuff, like in the trenches, training stuff. And basically like in a nice way, talking about stop being a little bitch basically. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, you're right. I'll stop being one now. <laughs> like, over yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think, uh, more people need to invest time into that. And, uh, I, I like reading books. Um, I, I've read a lot of them and I've read a, a lot of like, um, more physiological books. So just based on like my past education and, uh, more science-based, but, um, now I've been reading a little bit more uh, to help with uh, positive thinking, uh, which I, I can get into that. It's like, I don't like the word positive. Um, and then I, I read a lot about uh, ang- like how to reduce anxiety. And there's like one book uh, that Fuad suggested. It was, uh, oh, dang, what was it? I have it in my Amazon cart. I haven't picked it up yet. But it was like basically the knowing that you have the ability to like, um, to like, to earth was it um it's like just uh don't worry about anything just do it you know like stop worrying about the little things that may come uh, or that may happen but won't so but yeah i like those books like that but um but yeah going back to like the positivity like i noticed a lot of books about positivity like they they uh categor- categorize like people who are negative thinkers and people who are positive thinkers and I'm definitely categorized as like a negative thinker and um, um, I call myself a realist but uh, my wife says I'm negative but I the more I like read those books and the more I listen to podcasts about this the more like I would rather say that um, it's not positive and negative I say it's grateful versus ungrateful and that's the way I feel because like when you're grateful for something, you have a positive outlook. When you're ungrateful for something, then you have like a negative out- outlook on on life. Like you don't think about like the things that make you happier or the things that are successful. Right, like the gratitude journals, and there's a lot of different uh, approaches around uh, gratitude in that exact thing that you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever had like a an experience like with a client or even yourself, uh, maybe with a, with a coach to where you had like, you gave them negative feedback or you got negative feedback and you just continually, like you progressively got worse versus you notice the difference whenever someone or, or you gave someone positive feedback like in a positive manner. Oh, for sure. It coaching you over the longer I do it, the more you really have to figure out what, each client is because some can handle negative feedback and like pressing on them 
and some will literally break and go cry in the corner. So like, there's some clients you can, you have to be a little more gentle with than others for sure. Do you think it's necessary that some people need to be broken down? Uh, not right away. It's a tough one. Because, <laughs> it's a tough question. Because I watch too many people quit on themselves. So if they're going to quit on themselves, it's not going to help anyone to break them. You have to build them up to a point where they could handle a few cracks and be able to overcome it. Because if it's in the beginning, you just shatter them and they just disappear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so kind of like help them find their strengths and realize their strengths. Yeah, and then once you get a foundation built, then you can take areas and be a little more critical about them so they improve more. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, that's interesting. Because um, I, I go about that kind of like, that's how I was, I had the mindset like through school and stuff and through sports is people would always like kind of break me down first. And, um, and I think that's how I, like, I built my negative attitude, even though like my parents were like totally, totally normal and like loving parents and such. But uh, every, everybody else that I hung out with, it was more of like a, like a negative, negative vibe, negative, negative feedback. Um, but uh, yeah, and I didn't know my strengths. And I, I think that that's, um, that's what I see with a lot of people that have like self-development issues or self-improvement issues is that they don't, um, they don't realize the strengths that they have or the, their self-value. And it's hard to find that. And um, uh, that's, I guess that's where like the continual, the continued learning and setting aside that time to, to learn um, is very, very needed. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And in the, be but, um, uh, in the beginning, some people are in such a negative headspace that they don't think they can improve or they don't think the situation can get better. So like there's the book mindset by Carol Dweck and it addresses the exact thing like fixed and growth mindsets. I feel like that or like something like thinking grow rich where it's, it give it forces people to kind of get a grip on their outlook and their, how they view things. Cause people that have a fixed mindset think it's never their fault. There's nothing they can do to change a situation where a growth mindset is, even if something's not how you want it to be, there's things you can do to improve that situation which is all about the self-improvement side of things. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like the whole, isn't the, the grow rich, whatever that, isn't that part of like the rich dad, poor dad or no? Uh, so some of the is principles, it? no rich dad, poor dad is all about just learning uh, assets and liabilities is his main principle yeah. through that whole book. And then the uh, cash flow quadrants and all that stuff goes off of it. Where thinking grow rich is a little more. I'm going to use the word positive just because I know you hate it now, but <laughs> <laughs> it's a little more like taking situations and being a little more open minded to you actually being able to achieve those things. So you can have more money, or you can have a better relationships, or you can like trying to open up your mind to those possibilities instead of like where I come from, most people 
don't even know what it's like to not live paycheck to paycheck. Like they don't think it's possible. Never seen it before. Never knew anyone that did it. Like, so like when you come from these environments, like you don't realize what is possible. So you never even aim for it. So it's kind of like an open your eyes book. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, like when you say that, I think of the people that just like, when they go shopping, they don't even look at the prices and they're just like, they just buy whatever. And then they get to the register and they're like, all right, you owe $700. They're like, okay. And they it like, doesn't even like, they don't bat their eye at it. And, um, but I know that we were talking about how like we would go to like Walmart and you'd literally be like trying to figure out if you, the best way to save like two cents, <laughs> like choosing between condiments. And uh, yeah, I think that uh, that's funny that there's people out there that exist like that. Like they don't even like recognize, let's say like when 20 bucks lose their account or something. It's crazy. It's a good place to get to, I guess. That's what I'm aiming for. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Crazy. Um, well, so the so I, I do want to get to the sleep thing in a second, but um, but the other thing that I've I've recently been noticing, maybe it's just my feed on Instagram um, and like on YouTube and stuff, but I've noticed a trend in videos or or information about um, self-improvement and it's not like what we're talking about. It's not trying to uh, develop habits or characteristics that help you um, find success in life and, and happiness in life and, um, and better yourself in, in all aspects. Rather it's like self-improvement and like your aesthetic looks like there's, I don't know if you've like heard this one guy, it's like this, um, the guy who does like the manscaping, um, like, uh, advertising, he does like videos with that. And he's, he's like how to look in, more impressive in like an hour or something. Um, but he does like these like weird videos and, uh, it's just, it's very vain what I would say. So like society sees self-improvement as, um, or society wants us to see self-improvement as just like vanity and, uh, appearance, um, and, uh, and, and I, I just think that's very confusing for a lot of people and, um, and it, it makes it hard to, to compare ourselves, I guess, um, even though we shouldn't be comparing ourselves really, but we need something to, to measure up to. We need some type of like quantitative measurement. Um, but, uh, have you ever had issues with your clients and like social media kind of just kind of throwing a detour in their habits that they've created, their good habits that they've created? I don't know about social media, but I've had new clients come in and try try to sabotage my other clients and I literally get rid of them. (laughs) (laughs) Like, what do you mean? So, like, I build, like, habits around food choices and all these things. And, like, a new Uh, client would come in and it would be, like, a cheat meal and I'm, like, I've kind of built over time, like they eat quality food. The refeeds are more for, yes, a break. You're not tracking it, but it's more for like get a calorie surplus, get energy to improve training, all this stuff, but don't eat like a complete asshole. And a new client will come in, be like, oh, it was a cheat meal. So I brought him two dozen donuts. I'm like, what the fuck's wrong with you? (laughs) Yeah. 
and obviously yeah. that's just like a off the top of my head example, but things like that where like we spend months and months building like different mindset habits, different things, and then a new client comes in and they're getting all friendly and just throwing wrenches and everything. I'm just like, this isn't gonna work. I'm like, you gotta go. <laughs> do do they all communicate with each other? All of your clients? Yeah, I have my clients group so everyone communicates with everyone it's actually okay. the second part of uh what we were going to talk about today is how i implement it uh, with clients yeah 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 so i have a um, whole group dedicated to like the surround yourself with motivated people that's what my yeah. client group is like every client's in there uh, we post we talk it's it's its own little community so how's that going oh it goes, it's going phenomenal i post all the training stuff, any um, overlying principles that will apply to everyone, uh, motivational videos. We do uh, normally biweekly group calls where whoever can make it on makes it on. And we just will generally have some kind of topic, but then it just goes off the rails to whatever we want to talk about. <laughs> right. Oh, man, that's so cool. Like, I, I, I use the train heroic for my clients and, um, there's like a little team you can put them in teams and then they have to like beat each other's goals and stuff and teams go versus teams um for like you just do like these little like workouts at the end of their workouts like however fast you can do like 50 push-ups and 20 pull-ups and uh i think that's really cool but it doesn't really have like an ability to chat with one another it just has them be able to chat to me and i can chat to them but uh i like that do you you use like WhatsApp or some other form of. I have a WhatsApp, but I don't use it very often. Uh, so is it just a website that you? Well, no, it's that they chat through. It's a Facebook group, so it's a private Facebook. Group. Oh, okay. Yeah, there we go. So um, that's that's actually a really really good idea. Um, yeah, I don't know how many people actually implement their private Facebook groups that well. I know like uh, MI40 does one pretty well. Um, yeah, I'm in that one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're, they're pretty good on it. Um, yeah, so what about, so go back to the sleep thing. Um, so I'm pretty sure, did I tell you today that I've been having poor sleep? <laughs> I think I've you made it. Like just a few hours. I think you made a comment in passing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, so like, um, I do find that whenever I lose sleep, a the next day I'm I'm more forgetful. I let's say that I have like a diet I want to adhere to. I'm like way off my adherence to the diet. Um, typically, do like the cravings for like extra carbs or food in general, um, and I feel. I just feel sluggish or like my body doesn't feel the same, like holding water and such maybe. Um, and the more negative, more stressed, like all these, yeah. all these are directly linked. Uh, so my super awesome flirting tips is I just lecture people if I'm interested in them. So this girl that was at the gym the other day made a comment about not sleeping. So I threw the books, uh, why we sleep better which goes over all these, all the processes of why we sleep and the regulation of leptin and ghrelin, hunger hormones, you know, all about that crap, like the formation yeah. of memories. So like what you've actually learned 
being retained. Um, the beta amyloid plaques, so like what they'll test for like Alzheimer's, dementia type of things when you're older, uh, very closely linked to sleep deprivation, uh, mood, stress. Uh, yeah, all these are directly linked to sleep. So I think it's one of my three essentials when new clients come on. It's one of the first things. If we don't have good sleep, like normally, I'm going to force it down the throat just for adherence, for mood, for strength. Every aspect is so linked to sleep. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I um, I remember like watching those videos of how sleep can help us uh, improve athletic performance. Um, it's like a video or a book or something, but it showed like a kid is like practicing dribbling a soccer ball and then he like goes to sleep and then in his mind he's practicing dribbling the, the soccer ball and then like the next day he's like better because it helps you like your mind muscle connection as well and like your movement patterns um so typically athletes would be better off sleeping like uh more hours so like usually like eight to ten hours is what they recommend uh for like more athletic purposes um just from like some of my college uh, classes but um um dang which is so funny because in college is when you're likely to get the least sleep of your life probably that and having a kid yeah yeah <laughs> yeah that yeah all i don't know how um moms do it and uh they're they're a special creature they're su- um, they're superhumans <laughs> that's that's what i yeah. decided they're superhuman yeah i i believe that they like if there's life on another planet it's probably just moms um <laughs> uh but uh so how do you combat the the clients that are like well i guess not combat like how do you persuade clients to um not binge watch netflix or amazon or one of these apps like these tv shows or movies how do you persuade them like like what is their common response to you like because usually i hear people saying that i need time to relax and TV is nothing relaxing to the brain. It's stressful, um, even though we like it just shuts off our brain, and um, and people think that it's like relaxing. But reading can be more relaxing. Uh, we, I'm pretty sure there's been studies on that. Um, I'm not going to say that for certain. But um, how do you kind of persuade them to get better sleep to ditch that that TV show? So I never really talk to them about watching TV or watching Netflix or whatever. I just directly talk about all the benefits of sleep and why it's so important for us to do and whatever they have to adjust to accommodate that. I don't really talk about like what they're going to be missing out on or what they have to stop doing. Just like putting it out there. Like we really want to focus on this specific thing and the clients that, financially can do it getting a sleep monitor like an aura ring or something like that is very very helpful because then they can like see numbers and see uh, actual correlation to how their sleep was but people that can't do that they don't specifically need it just i'd have them maybe start getting a cheap pair of blue light blocking glasses for if they are going to be on their phone late or whatever the case is and setting habits around waking. So waking at the same time every single day. Uh, sleep kind of falls in line if you know when, how many hours you're 
aiming for, you know, you'll build a habit of when to get in bed based on when you woke up and you'll kind of start building circadian rhythms around that. I like to have people get light exposure or like light cardio and light exposure in the morning. So uh, walks or some kind of activity around natural light. So if you just open your curtains or whatever and get some exposure to natural light first thing in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, light seems to be the best motivator for, for life. Um, Definitely. Like, I don't know. I really don't know like the, like the, the reasoning behind it. I, I, um, I, I do believe like vitamin D levels um, seem to, to be a big impact on our motivation levels. Um, but uh, yeah, I find like, so like these five steps or these five techniques that you um, use and, and you encourage people to, to do, uh, it's like it, the first thing that they should do if they start not being, start losing that self-discipline because I, I, I don't believe people should be living off of motivation, but um, when they start losing that motivation or self-discipline to better improve themselves, I think like stepping outside one morning and just like kind of like doing like an assessment of yourself or like questioning yourself of like, like why would I want to stop self-improvement? I think that can help, like, help re-motivate them or help um, like redirect them into that self-improvement um, mentality. Right. Yeah. You hate the word positive. I hate the word motivation. Yeah, I'm not a big fan. I literally think it's bullshit. <laughs> like motivation will yeah. come and go. If you don't build habit, like this, it's one of the main principles in the compound effect, building small habits. Yeah. Motivation is going to come and go. It comes in waves. Like no one's going to achieve anything if they only do stuff when they feel motivated. So building habits that will habits and discipline that you execute on whether you're motivated or not. And then the motivation will come back or you'll see results and get excited again. But if you're just relying on motivation, you are, well, you're going to suck. Yeah. 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 I think there's, there's different motivation for different situations. And uh, if you have, if you're heavily dependent on like one, like motivation to say to go to the gym, that same motivation to go to the gym and and work on your health, it's not going to be the same motivation that's, going to carry you through a project at work um so it's like you're you're having to search more for more and more motivation rather than just build your self-discipline yeah jocko jocko willing freaking all about discipline i don't think he likes the word motivation either yeah yeah there's some people that um they debate if it's like discipline is a like a genetic in- inheritance. Hmm. Um, it's not like some, some people have more than others, but I'm a big believer that anyone can develop any characteristic or any habit, um, any mindset. We all have that ability to develop it. Um, some of this is just going to be a lot harder or a lot easier for someone. Um, but yeah, that, so a thing that I focus on with clients too, even that statement right there, that it would be hard to do that. It's only hard yeah. if that's how we perceive it. Everything's come yeah, down to how yeah. you perceive it. So, like, when clients are like, oh, uh, like, this food or, like, dieting is hard, or this is hard, or that is hard. I even get to the point where I'm like, that it's not inherently easy or hard until you put 
that onto it. So like when people are like, oh, dieting sucks or this sucks or that's hard or this is hard. Only if we make it that way. So like it, I even get down to the aspect of that when it comes to clients. Like most of my clients, yeah, they might be tired and prep, but very few of them are complaining. Like you hear everybody else complaining during prep. Oh, they wanted to donate an ice cream. Like that shit doesn't happen. Like they know why they're doing it. And every time I have a client that starts complaining about prep, I'm like, prep is a hundred percent our decision. If you're hungry, if you're tired, if you're sore, it's doing a show is a hundred percent your choice. Like no one's making you do it. No one's forcing you to do it. You said you want to do it. So these are the steps to do it. Like that's the end of the story. In my opinion, like don't complain. Yeah. Yeah. And the audience who like doesn't really care about bodybuilding or, or competitions in general um, for fitness, uh, this is more than just uh, developing or getting or attaining a body that is um, stage ready. This is developing characteristics um, and habits and discipline that you know otherwise can develop. And a great example is like when people go to um, to the army or some militia, uh, it and they do it at a young age. Uh, it's because you're trying to develop them into a certain person. And, um, and again, this, these same principles uh, that, that you have for self-improvement, it's, it's going to help every aspect of life. So it's not just about fitness, but it's about everything. And if you can control that, then you can find success in anything that you do, especially if you have that mindset of nothing's hard, everything's attainable, everything is easy. And then again, just, I can do the work. So just like we on the underdog books or bros on books, one of our podcasts with Mike, which is going to be on, uh, you said you're going to have him on soon. We talked about the, yeah. the upside of stress. So like people are like, think stress is inherently bad. It's only bad for people that literally put a bad value on it. Cause Weight training is technically a stress. Your body's technically under stress when you're training. No one's going to tell you that exercise is bad for you because you're stressed. And you, yep. So, like, uh, it's a, they had a few examples and a few studies literally showing stress was only harmful on lifespan when people were worried about the negative effects of stress on their lifespan. There was high-functioning CEOs, people that had a lot of stress and a lot of demand, but they didn't see it as a negative. They inherently understood why they were stressed and acute stress has a lot of actual benefits and like like literally hormone responses to get you to move faster, think clearer, like all these actual physiological responses. So like the people that had a more, um, a less, I guess, scared view of stress had zero negative effects from it actual like cortisol yeah. levels it's the people that were like oh i'm stressed like it's so bad it's like those are the people that have <laughs> i don't do well with liners uh, first if you haven't got <laughs> yeah. people think i'm mean but like most of the stuff people are whining about literally would be a good day of when i was growing up i'm like oh shit yeah i'm like wait you got to eat damn must be nice yeah and then they're complaining about their food of like what type of food that they had to eat yeah um yeah it's a it's crazy man different 
when you under when you see and understand a different perspective, it's uh it puts you into a should it should put you into a more grateful um uh point of view, like a more grateful thinking, um, uh, to see that someone has has more than someone else. Um yeah, it's crazy. Um anything else before we wrap up? Uh probably just real quick, just like you were saying it applies to- what we were talking about applies more than to just fitness and bodybuilding. Like a lot of people that come from poverty or like middle class and they think negative thoughts about people that are successful. Like Mm -hmm. they won't achieve if someone like whatever buys an expensive gift for someone and like, doesn't really think about it. Like, Oh, these rich people just like trying to bribe people with, gifts and stuff it's like no like it's just just like with food and how people view that during prep like negative thoughts around anything about being good at your job making money better relationships being negative or like the way you view these situations overall is important so it's not just a prep thing it's not just a bodybuilding thing it those same principles apply to every aspect of your life in my opinion yeah. Yep. Agree. All right, guys, that's going to be it with us. Uh, you can check out TJ over at Savage or Average. Uh, it's he has a podcast. He has coaching. Yeah, it's uh, he's on it's Savage or Average Instagram. Instagram, but the rest is just Savage or Average. Okay. There we go. So look him up, DM him, and uh, get some coaching. All right, man. All right.